Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Caught at the 20. Racing near sideline 10. Turn of the 5. Touchdown Raiders. The crowd applauds because Las Vegas just win, baby. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Here we are kicking off hour number two of the show here on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness. Vinny Iyer, Sporting News, will join us in a matter of seconds. The question we threw out there, we all know if the Raiders don't go quarterback at number seven or their first overall pick, we all believe that they should target defense because of the big-time need at the defensive side of the ball for the silver and black. So the question I throw out there, if the Raiders don't go quarterback or, se- or, or at number seven or with their first pick, should it be a targeted position on defense or just the most dominant player they can get? on the defensive side of ball. Get uh, your feedback in right now on our don'tbebroke.com text sign at 69187, keyword R&R. Again, don'tbebroke.com text sign at 69187, keyword R&R. Real quick, Mailman Raider said, Q, in my opinion, these quarterbacks in our division can make an elite cornerback look silly out there, especially with time. Now, if we had quarterbacks like McGloin and Russell Pryor in the division, I think uh, it's like you said, uh, hand uh, say hand on hand. I don't. I uh, do think you got to stay true to your board. Yes, but man, we need sacks. Twenty-seven sacks ain't cutting it. More sacks, more mistakes by quarterbacks. Just my opinion, though. At the end of the day, whoever we draft at seven, I'll be rooting for him. There's no doubt about that, Mailman Raider. Thank you. Appreciate the text. And again, I'm not saying ignore the position. I'm saying. You go with your highest-rated defensive player. That's just my thoughts. So uh, I know there's a lot of in favor that just attack the trenches, attack the trenches, attack the trenches immediately, and that could be what they end up doing, or they could go with whatever defensive player is there, whoever the highest one, Tyree Wilson, uh, maybe it's a Jalen Carter, maybe it's a Christian Gonzalez, maybe it's a Devon Witherspoon, whatever. They can go with that player, and I don't think any of us should complain because it's a definite upgrade to the Raiders' defensive side of things. So join us now on the phone lines from the Sporting News is our guy, Vinny Iyer. And Vinny, thanks so much for your time. We do appreciate you. And I was reading your piece on the Sporting News, and you were going over free agency grades, and a lot of Raider Nation is upset by what the Raiders have done so far in free agency. But you were pretty much uh, lockstep with Dave Ziegler and company where it seemed like you you understood the plan, where you gave them an A-. When you're looking at free agency and you're looking for grades, you're going to go grade these different teams what is what stands out to you the most when you're going into this uh, this this puzzle that you're putting together? I think the biggest thing is how did the team improve to their status in the NFL? So that means are you a team that's close to winning a championship or contending for a playoff spot? Did you get those few pieces to turn to the top? And then from the other side, if your team just like Houston or Detroit that's rebuilding, how much you use there to kind of restock and and use some uh, bargain pickups as well as going with the draft picks. So I think overall, when you look at it, it's just a way to consider where your status is in the NFL and also to play to that status and also set yourself up thinking about uh, the draft and the right picks you can make to complement you know, and when you look at the free agents that the Raiders have brought in, the only runs that, are, in my opinion, are big names. Jimmy G, Jacoby Myers, Austin Hooper was brought in today. But outside of that, it's really a bunch of guys that are going to be rotational players. They're going to be competition, depth. Uh, but they're all short-term deals and short-term commitments as well. How important is that for the future success of the Silver and Black? Yeah, because when you add those type of players as hungry-type role players, so to speak, they're going to find ways to contribute to your team. And you add their collective impact, and given the investment, it's not too much there to get that. You can fill a few holes, and then you can also cut some money from other places. And you look at where they are now, and the amount of uh, their 
offense with Derek Carr and Derek Waller and getting those contracts out and then you could go off at a reasonable price because all of a sudden you get some money free to do things and kind of reset it and, and be more selective with your trade. So I, I think I like what the Raiders are doing because I think there's a clear plan attached to it. I don't feel that way with a lot of teams, but clearly they said, okay, these are the offensive things we can get for reasonable about. Here's how we can go to the Waller deal here and improve with Jacoby Myers and then have the offload into the system we like and be more able to execute the best price. So I think that's what they weigh. And then, okay, now we can circle back to our priorities. And then now you're in great position right now, as you were talking about a little bit, the Raiders can take the best player available. I think right now, I'd say the whole fan base is looking for defense first at this stage. Right, exactly. Vinny Iyer is our guest with Sporting News right now on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. We're talking about his piece on free agency, and he gave the Raiders an A-. And I really want to dip into the draft real quick because that's what we've been talking about on the show and grabbing defensive players on the side of the ball, and they need a lot of defensive talent. So with what they've done so far in free agency, does that now, in your opinion, allow them to really surely focus in on the defense when it comes April and they're in the draft in Kansas City? Yeah, I mean, if there's any doubts about the quarterback that can be available, then you just pass. I mean, you have a good, reasonable contract and you make your offload right now, so you can move on from that position in terms of being concerned through the win games. And then, okay, then you look at what we do. I think right now, you say Christian Gonzalez would look great. <laughs> great receiver for him with what he can provide with the speed, the classic, the display. I'd love him just because he's an athletic guy from an athletic family with a Colombian uh, track running sister. So this is a kind of guy that is an old school Raiders uh, throwback pick, but also this is the speed that's necessary that's always receivers in this division. You've got to have that number one outside corner that can run both and save those guys. And Gonzalez is just off the charts. It's a very effective player, or hey, give some Max Crosby some help and say uh, one of the best pass rushers, or really like Miles Murphy or uh, Lee Wilson, that's where you want to go. But I don't think those. A long ways to go at all, given their needs and given the value of those players. Something that we talked about a little bit yesterday on the show was how this free agency class, that there haven't been that many big moves because not that many big-time players were available. So when you were grading the teams on how well they did, how much did that factor in that there weren't, that weren't that many star-caliber players to even be had on the free agent market? Well, that's definitely consideration. As well as overpaying for kind of average to maybe above-average players. I think two guys that got paid a lot of money and they went in a different direction. So one kind of replaced the other. Zach Allen uh, going from the Cardinals to the Broncos, and then you have Draymond Jones going from the Broncos to the Seahawks. So these guys are pretty good. They can rush the quarterback, but nowhere near all-pro, caliber-level players. So, again, it's all, sometimes the money you don't spend is just as important, whether it's uh, bringing back your own guys or trying to spend on guys that are limited, like defensive tackles that rush the passer. I mean, the fundamental thing is a special skill, but you pay a lot for it. So it's trying to avoid those traps. You get the value, and you, look, you feel real good about it. When you look at the Jacoby Myers deal, for example, how he's good in relation to what Juju Smith-Schuster got to go to the Patriots. And he's essentially the same players, but he's a better deal. And you can go forward uh, feeling that you have the value of that position for what you need it. Again, we're talking with Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News, and he's got his piece out on the Sporting News right now. NFL free agency grades 2023, ranking signings, tradings for all 32 teams from best, which was the Bears, to worst, which was the Packers. And one thing that you said about the Raiders when it came to key departures, you mentioned the uh, the backup quarterback, Jarrett Stidham, and I was shocked 
when uh, Denver signed him to a two-year deal, $10 million worth, and the Raiders didn't retain him. Uh, how big of a blow was that for the Raiders and their plan moving forward uh, to back up Jimmy Garoppolo? And uh, how, how much effectiveness do you think he could have in Denver if given the opportunity? Yeah, I mean, that was tough because we also had not just the value about the quarterback that played well in the venture far down the stretch, but also the new system inside now, the extra extension there. I guess they figured, okay, we, we have a guy that's been in this offense a little bit longer, a little bit earlier. It's been a few years, but the new grappler knows this is well. It's a thing, and they're going to go here and hope for the best in our backup. So maybe it's an opportunity to bring along the young quarterback. Maybe they find an upside quarterback later in the draft to develop to do that. But yeah, it's them, again, you can't blame them for taking the money. It's been strange because you know, different style quarterback in Washington Wilson. So anything that you look at there is it's hard. You want to keep all the ideal backup situations, but sometimes most teams are going to go after them hard. You just say, okay, we coached him up well. He's a big part of what we're doing, but now Jimmy Garoppolo can be an extension. Right, no doubt. And final question for you, Vinny, and we do appreciate you this afternoon. Wanted to ask you about Cam Newton. He worked out with Auburn yesterday at their pro day. Do you think any team's going to give him an opportunity to be at least a backup in the league? That's the toughest thing. I think it's been the case with Cam Newton. I know Beckham Jr. was in one great players, but maybe looking for some goal or value that quite isn't there anymore in this league, and that's tough. And it's hard to accept in the Andy Dalton thing of things. Okay, I had my run as a starting quarterback. I was pretty successful, but that's not time to do it. So the Jeff Flacco situation we've seen him as well. He's finishing his career as a backup, helping where he needs to do that. And maybe that's just the realization Sam sometimes needs to make because we know we fast forward in this league. I mean, you think of Joe Hurts and what foundations he set up for quarterbacks such as that to be run forward and still be very successful in the dream. So, I don't know. I think Sam, the passage of time, the durability issues, all those things, I mean, maybe if they accepted the backup role and maybe say, see the way it is now with Marcus Mariota behind Joe Hurts, you just have to accept that. And I think. It's hard for a lot of guys that are so good, so above everyone else to accept that. I think you have that difficulty here with Newton and Odell Beckham Jr. Injuries sometimes are unkind, and unfortunately we're unkind to both of those guys. Yeah, no, you're right about that. Injuries, uh, they kill careers, as we very well know. Well, Vinny, we definitely appreciate you. What you got coming out of the sporting news that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, we're going to see how these uh, teams stack up against each other. We'll see if the uh, Raiders got the Chiefs here with the power rankings. We'll see all that good stuff. So we'll have figure that out here. Uh, put all this in a blender and spit it out. And, uh, of course, it'll be concrete and stone until the season comes. <laughs> right, no doubt. Well, Vinny, thanks so much for your time, my man. I, do, I know you're busy. I do appreciate you. Thank you, guys. Yes, sir. Vinny Iyer, Sporting News right there. You can find him on Twitter at Vinny Iyer. And with us here on Raider Nation Radio 920, breaking down the free agency grades for the silver and black game at A-. And he said he understands the understands the vision that Dave Ziegler and company are having. Again, kind of what Adam Hill mentioned in the first segment or the first uh, hour of the show, you know, you got to gotta have the the, the, the cheaper commitments, uh, the not-so-long-term commitments, right, and just get guys that are going to go out there compete. They're going to be rotational pieces and going to help that team build with a lot of younger guys, just have a few kind of glue guys in the in, in between. So we definitely appreciate Vinny uh, for his time. 314 is the time. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Coming up at 3.30, Jay Stevens, Locked On Buckeyes, will join us to talk all things Ohio State Pro Day. They had a lot of representation across the NFL at their Pro Day today. Had 14 prospects out there working out, 
including C.J. Stroud, who obviously we believe is going to go number one overall to Carolina. But there was a lot more out there than just C.J., and there was a lot of prospects. There was a lot of scouts. There was a lot of coaches. There was a lot of GMs all in attendance at the Pro Day. So Jay Stevens will join us at 3.30. Got a text on our don'tbebroke.com text line. We do appreciate all the text, all the feedback, all the calls, whether you agree with us or not. It's always good. Love to have an interactive show. Dave B. in the 757. Q, got to go with the best available at number seven in the draft on defense if we don't go quarterback. I know the sexy pick would be in the secondary, but we need front seven help. That help, especially if on D-line, an ability to get to the quarterback would reduce exposure to the secondary, and the secondary can be addressed with our draft capital and depth available at that position in the draft. And Dave B., thank you so much uh, for that text. We do appreciate you. I agree with you 100%. Like, that's the funny thing about this is this conversation that we've been having, I agree with that. Go with the best player available. If it's a defensive lineman, go with them. And I would have no questions asked. If Tyree Wilson is there at number seven and the Raiders, Dave Ziegler, Champ Kelly, and their their scouts have him ranked higher than a corner, take him. By all means, take him. That's what I'm saying. Don't ignore the best player you have available just based off of position. So if the defensive lineman is that guy, get him. Just like you said, get the best available at number seven. And again, I think it needs to be on defense. And I think that it is on defense. If if the Raiders don't go get a quarterback with their first pick, I believe, and I think that all of Raider Nation believes they'll be a defensive player, right? Based off of what they've done in free agency. And the thing I like about what they've done in free agency, even though the names aren't sexy, they've allowed, they've brought in guys like a Dorsett, like a Myers, right? They brought in uh, Cam Sims. They brought in, you know, other guys that they could look at and say, okay, uh, Austin Hooper today. Those guys could be additions to the offense that's already looking pretty stinking good. So they don't have to worry about going and getting, you know, that like a tight end is not a priority anymore. Even though I do think that they'll address it, it's not a priority. They don't have to say, well, number two wide receiver is a priority now. No, they don't have to do that. Now they can say defense, defense, defense is a priority. And I don't think there's one person listening to this show or any other show across America that, that is a Raider fan that b- does not believe that defense is a priority. So I agree with you 100%. I'm just saying don't rule one guy out just because of the position that he plays on the defensive side of the ball. And this all comes from the conversation that Eddie Borsilli, who's a great guy, does a very good job breaking down football as his own uh, Raiders podcast. He's on Sirius XM Radio. He was on the morning tailgate. He's a guest every single Wednesday, 8 a.m. I, I say tune in, listen. I know I'm tuned in every single Wednesday morning and listen. There's certain guests that I definitely focus in on. There's others, not so much, but there's others that I definitely am always locked in on. And he is one of them. So when Adam Hill had put out his, his mock draft this morning on the RJ, he had put Devon Witherspoon there at number seven, cornerback from Illinois. Regardless of how you feel about Devon or any other cornerback, that's who he selected. That's who he had as his highest rated guy, and he went with him at number seven. So when they presented that pick to Eddie, this was his response. Guys, I don't know if it's just a me thing, and it's probably not it. I can't. I just can't stand picking these corners, like especially in the top ten. Like it just uh, the success and failure rate. And I'm not even saying a failure rate, but like you're you're drafting a guy, and if you're drafting him in the top ten, unless he's not the Asamoah or Darrell Rivas, is it really worth it? Like you can get corners. Like mm-hmm. you know, look at Tariq Woolen on the Seahawks. Look at guys that are scattered around the league. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's easy, but I just think you know, is it if the rush can't get to the quarterback? It doesn't matter if you have Deion Sanders back there covering. He's not going to be able to cover for 10 seconds. You have to be able to, you know, Al Davis, the quarterback, has to go down hard. You've got to be able to get to the quarterback. And Devin Wilderspoon might be a terrific player. He might be an all-pro and, and, and have tons of interceptions and have a great career. 
I just can't justify it in my brain taking a corner at seven for this football team, even though it is a need. I just can't get over it. And just first-round corners just leave a bad taste in my mouth. The Raiders have had their fair share of first-round guys over the years that haven't really panned out. All right, you can stop right there. You can stop right there. You can stop right there where he's, he said, I can't take, and that's, that's my biggest hang-up with the whole thing, I can't fathom taking a first-round cornerback because, well, the Raiders have had their fair share that haven't worked out. They've had their fair share of players, period, that haven't worked out. Corners, D-linemen, offensive linemen, wide receivers, who haven't they taken that has worked out? Right? I mean, they've gone through the gauntlet of players. You know, they got, remember, they got Obi Mellon Fonwu in the second round. Bigfoot never showed up. Garyon Conley, first round. Damon Arnett, first round. Henry Ruggs, we know what happened to him. Alex Leatherwood, offensive lineman, build the trenches. Clee Farrell, build the trenches. Right? I mean, and Clee was a good guy, just didn't work out. You know, they went and got a safety in the first round because they had three picks. They went Abram, they had Adam, uh, not Adams, Jacobs, and then they had, uh, uh, Ruggs was the first pick. So they've gone a bunch of different routes, right? I'm not, but but the, for him to say what I heard that bothered me was, well, I can't fathom going a first-round corner. But if he's your best player, why not? No, the most egregious part to me was I don't care if you got Deion Sanders back there. Now, the, like, the, the defensive line for the Raiders, as constructed, they're not a bunch of humps. It's not like it's you and I out there. Right. Where you're, you're not well, I mean, gonna, I would hold one side now. <laughs> but you're, you're not, they don't <laughs> yeah, have 10 right. seconds right. where it's, just, it's like, oh, Max, if they just go as is, who they have right. the two rookies from last year and Chandler Jones and Max Crosby, they weren't the best pass rush, but right. Max Crosby was still making an impact out there. So if you have, let's say, a Deion Sanders <laughs> Yeah, Deion would have made a difference in there a second yeah. there. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know how when we have people, we, we didn't have war, but we did have one of the guests from yeah. NFL Network. Yeah. Well, this, at this yep. player, how many yep. wins would they add to the team? Right. You put prime Deion Sanders on last year's Raiders team, right. I'm going to give him at least three, three more wins. And I'm not saying, <laughs> let's let, make no mistake about it, even when I mentioned Sauce Gardner, I'm not saying any of these corners are that guy. It's just the fact that he said it. Right, no, I know. I, I'm not saying that they're that guy, but I think that they're really stinking good. I think that there's a, a, a good handful of guys that are really good in a deep corner class. And I believe, I'm a firm believer that both positions complement each other. You need really good corners on the back end, but you also need edge rushers, and you also need interior defense alignment. I, we're speaking the same language. Again, my big hang-up is why pigeonhole yourself and say, I have to go get this guy for the sake of getting him. That's when you reach and get the wrong guy. Right? I mean, think about this. I know uh, a, a lot of people aren't big believers in taking a linebacker early, but just say for S's and giggles that the Raiders hadn't picked Lee Farrell at number four, but they went and took – the linebacker right behind him that ended up going to, to Tampa Bay. And I know he wasn't, he wasn't always the best player, but he was pretty stinking good. Right? He turned out to be a pretty stinking good little linebacker. Devin White. Thank you. I don't know why I had another name in my head, but yeah, that's yeah, Devin White. And he was an LSU guy, right? Just think if they had taken him. And instead of pigeonhole themselves in, oh, well, we have to go get a defensive lineman to replace Khalil Mack. That's literally what they did at number four. Well, we just traded Khalil Mack. Got to go get one to replace him. Not necessarily. You didn't have to have your mind so closed off. Just like Adam Hill brought up the point of, well, every position on the Raiders' offense is full except for that right tackle. Got to go get that right tackle. And they went and got Alex Leatherwood, and that didn't work. That's because they were so zoomed in on have to get this. Now, outside of a quarterback, I don't think you should have to do that. If you need a quarterback, then you're, I mean, you're just, you're in a position, mm -hmm. right? You got to get a quarterback. I get that. So sometimes you do have to focus in on one position. But they don't need a quarterback right now. They got Jimmy G. Right, that, that They allowed themselves to not be stuck in that position where they have to go get that dude. So on defense, they have so many different ways that they can go. 
Got a text from Joseph in Denver, and we'd love to hear from you. 702-365-9200 and our don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword R&R. 100% Q, take the best player available and make sure they're a star. There's very few positions that could, there's very few positions that could use an upgrade. Um, I think he meant there's very few positions that couldn't use an upgrade. That's Joseph in Denver. And yeah, that's the thing about it. When you have as many holes as they have, they're just a void of talent. They got Max Crosby in them. That's who they have. So every position could be upgraded. And as long as you get a dude, and especially at number seven, you've got to get someone that is a guy. Uh, I mean, at seven, he's your starter. At whatever position he is, he should be your starter, especially on the defensive side of things. Even in the quarterback position, you feel like if you grab a guy at seven, he's going to start sooner rather than later, right? Oh, without a doubt. So that's, that's, that's my thing. If you're going to go get somebody, just get the best one of the guys that you have. On your, again, on your board, not mine, on yours. Who, don't, don't worry about what I'm saying. Whatever you have rated as your highest guy, go get that guy. And I'm glad that you said that because what I want to, like if you text or if you can call in and want to give us your opinion, would you rather take a B, let's say if his grade is a B at defensive tackle mm-hmm. or an A at corner? Just answer me that word, because that's, that's I'm going with the A. That's yeah, because that's kind of where we're trying to get to. And the point vice at. versa, if the if the if the D tackle is A and the corner is B, I'm still going A. Yeah, because the Raiders are not in the position to hey, to all be we picky ne- exactly. <laughs> all we need all we need is a B corner. All we need is a B to right. B tackle. No, and that's going to fix. You the need team. as many A's as exactly. you can get. Get that GPA up, <laughs> right? My GPA in school was bad. The only time I got an A was PE. So get your, you know what I'm saying? Get your GPA up. Get as many A's as possible. I don't care if you get it in PE, if you get it in wood shop, if you get it in metal, if you get it in cooking. I don't care what you get the A in. Get the A. That's the key. I'm glad you put it in grades. I had a .62 one year in, my, in school. A .62. The only grade I got that was good was an A, and it was in PE. I could have used a wood shop. I could have used metal. I could have used showing up. <laughs> that would have that would have helped. <laughs> but I'm saying I could have used as many A's as possible. I could have been picky and was like, "Well, I can only do this and that." No, Q, go collect some A's. You need some A's, brother. Sounds like all you was doing was running and jumping. That's hey, and there was a lot more jumping than running. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Seven zero two three six five nine two hundred. Who we got up, man? Tim in Texas. Tim in the Lone Star State. Welcome to the show. Hello, how y'all doing? We're blessed, man. I was um. I know that everybody's kind of uh, uh, talking about the quarterback and uh, and cornerback uh, and stuff like that. But to be honest with you, I think what the Raiders really need to do is probably move down a couple of spots, maybe three or four spots, uh, and pick up that defensive tackle from Pitt. Mm. I think I think he would be uh, I think he would be a real good addition because when it comes to the cornerbacks, I know the top cornerbacks and all this stuff and Gonzalez and the, and the guy from Illinois. And things like that. But with the people that they've picked up here recently, and then with uh, you got Hall that they got last year, that I think is going to end up being pretty good mm-hmm. after planning after planning the system. Right. I think I think they really they really really need to focus on uh on that interior uh position first, and then I mean I, then after that you know it is what it is. But I think uh, because once you get past once you get past the uh, the probably the first round. The, the defensive tackles, I mean, they're, they're going to probably all be gone. Okay. Thank you, Tim, for the call. Appreciate you. Good stuff. And you were talking about Kalijah Kansi, the defensive tackle out of Pitt, and he's a good one. Uh, he's not ranked the number one one behind Jalen Carter. He's actually ranked, like, number three behind him, but he is a good one. And I do think that the defensive tackle class, if you look at it, and, of course, we'll do a lot of deep diving on the draft leading up to that draft, 
It's actually a little deeper than you would expect. Again, we'll break it down a little bit later. 3.30 is the time. We'll take a quick break. Come back. Jay Stevens, Locked On Buckeyes, will join the show. We'll talk Ohio State Pro Day. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Expected to have Jay Stevens locked on Buckeyes in a matter of minutes to talk all things Ohio State Pro Day. They had a lot of folks in attendance. Before we get to him, though, got a couple texts I want to get to. Jason in Maryland, always love to hear from him. He said, man, what? DeMond, what are you talking about? They were literally last in the league. 27 sacks is terrible. Max is the only dude that was doing anything. Q, you're being kind of selective. The Raiders should have taken Josh Allen instead of Clee. They should have taken Daristall instead of Leatherwood. The Raiders reached on the wrong guys. They weren't even taking the best available. They were taking the wrong guys entirely. So that's not being pigeonholed in a specific position. Defensive tackle and DBs are deep in this draft. Okay. That's, that could be fine, too. Both guys actually were guys that I had pounded the table for. Uh, I wasn't here, but I was pounding the table for as well that the Raiders didn't pick. So let me ask you this, Jason. Let's just, let's just cut to the chase because I think we're saying the same thing. Again, the draft doesn't stop after your first pick. And you just mentioned DTs and DBs are both deep in this draft. Would you rather have A or B? Would you have a grade, an A? Would you select an A grade or a B grade? Let's not pigeonhole anything. What would be your answer, Jason? I'm asking you specifically. If you had to pick a grade, hey, Jason, you get an A or you get a B, which one would you prefer? I'm just asking. If you have an A grade on a defensive tackle or a, or a defensive edge rusher, get them. If you have a B grade on a corner, wait. If you have an A on a corner, grab him. If you have a B on a defensive lineman, grab him. That's all I'm saying. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just taking, saying take the best of the two. That's it. That's the conversation. Take the best of whatever's available there. So if there's anyone out there who would rather take a B than an A, you tell me. Explain to me why. Please. That's all I want. I'm, again, not the smartest dude in the world. Never claim to be. But every world I ever grew up in, an A is better than a B. B's not bad. It's actually really good. C is passing. B is better. A is great. That's all I'm asking. Sir Whiskey Ray said, I'm all on board with Peter Skaronsky from Northeastern or Northwestern at seven. Let's get this kid. He's a dominant player. We'll immediately start there day one. Uh, Sir Whiskey Ray, do you see him as a guard or a tackle? I know there's some controversy about if he's a guard or a tackle. I think he's a guard. I know a lot of folks believe he's a tackle, but I think he eventually kicks inside to guard, and guard is something that the Raiders need. I believe that the defensive players will probably be ranked higher, but I don't know what their system is. Again, this is going back to what they're they're grading, not what I'm grading. This is just what I'm seeing in, in my own eyes. Got one more text that we'll get to my guy, Jay Stevens, locked on Buckeyes. Rob in Oakland, not only is the draft a a competition to acquire the best players for our team. It's an opportunity to keep future Hall of Fame players and game records away from opponents. It's possible to improve our team in the draft, but lose ground against the rest of the NFL by passing on Hall of Fame players and allowing them to play for the opposition. I say get the best player available. I wouldn't place value on our needs because we need everything. I would value defense over offense in high-impact positions versus low-impact positions like running back in this draft. That being said, I like linebacker Trenton Simpson to spy on the athletic quarterbacks but not in the top two-thirds of the first round. That's Rob in Oakland. Thank you for that text. I do appreciate you. Keep that feedback coming. 69187, keyword R&R. Join us now on the phone lines from Locked On Buckeyes is our guy, Jay Stevens. And, Jay, thanks so much for your time, my man. I do appreciate you. And kind of a busy day around Ohio State. Man, they had a lot of guys out there uh, working out in front of all these scouts and coaches and GMs and 
Have you ever seen, and I guess what does it say to the Buckeyes and Ryan Day and his program when there are so many representations from different teams? And I'm talking 14 people from Carolina. The Raiders sent five. Uh, I think the Dolphins sent eight. I mean, that's it's usually two or three, not five, eight, or 14. How, how, how wild was that to see all those people there? Q, I want to thank you for having me on the show, but it, it was a wild scene. I remember Justin Fields' pro day a few years ago and uh, Dwayne Haskins even before that. You get these quarterbacks, first-round picks that are going to be future starting quarterbacks of the National Football League. They bring the eyeballs out. We saw the combine. But seeing the sidelines and even behind Stroud when he was throwing the ball, just to see in the line of people that goes behind him, down both sidelines, got cameras out there, got, got people taking pictures. It was a beautiful thing to see. And it goes to what Ryan Day has continued to build at Ohio State. Imagine and remember now, he came after Urban Meyer, a Hall of Fame college football coach, won a natty at Ohio State, won natties at Florida. I mean, he's, Urban Meyer is that guy in college football. Ryan Day came after that and has built his own thing. The program is his. His guys are in there. You know the culture that Ryan Day wants. And for year after year, the Ohio State Pro Day, to consistently be the event that it is, it's an amazing thing. But you mentioned, I think you said 14 by one team. That, 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 that. That's unheard of. That's insane. <laughs> that just goes to talk about how great Stroud is as a quarterback and how great this culture is and how great the team is and the development process is at Ohio State under Ryan Day. There's no doubt about that. And C.J. Stroud, I kind of have him penciled in going number one to Carolina as they were the team that had 14 people there. So I'm sure that they were whining and dining and letting him know uh, places to live when he gets to Carolina uh, when they pick him number one. But how big was that for the rest of the, the guys out there that were working out that all those eyeballs, all those decision makers were there watching them as well? She was an amazing thing. I mean, I talked about a lot on Buckeyes about how the guys other than Stroud and Jigba and really everybody, but the other guys that are getting the attention, they can seize this opportunity and capture the moment because there are going to be people that are there that may not be on, say, like Jerron Cage or Teron Vincent or uh, insert Jaden Ballard, who's not even a receiver going into the draft, but these guys that are working out, Jaden Ballard being a receiver that caught passes from Stroud during the pro day, these guys are all athletes that can capture this moment in front of all of these NFL coaches and say, maybe you don't, you didn't think about me previously, but now that you're where I play football in college, you can think about me now, and I can show you why you should draft me, or maybe I should be an undrafted free agent that you signed post-draft because of what I did on this day. It's an amazing thing. We talk about guys that aren't in the spotlight. Marvin Harrison Jr. is out there catching passes on this day. And I remember a year ago, Stroud throwing to um, Wilson, uh, Jared Wilson, and Chris Olave. But now Stroud's about to get drafted, and Harrison Jr. is catching passes from a future first-round pick. And so it's kind of the thing that Ryan Day has built. You might not be drafted. You're going to get on somebody's radar because of what you're doing at Ohio State's Pro Day. It's a wild thing to think about. Jay Stevens, Locked On Buckeyes, joins us here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And Saturday reference, my man DeMond's got one for you. I was watching the uh, post-Pro Day interviews that a lot of the players were having, and DeWan Jones, offensive lineman, he, he said that he expected to be a first-round pick. Now, I know he's got to have that confidence in himself, but do you see him projected to be a first-round pick? Because I thought he would be a steal that maybe a team could get in the second or third round. I'm, I've been leaning more towards second round. Um, at worst, beginning of the third, that's probably where I've been leaning. The only reason I am saying possibly first round is because a lot of these mock drafts that I'm seeing have him mocked in 
top 25 pick in the NFL draft. And I'm like, are we really talking about the same guy? Like, I'm not saying he's a bad player, but I never saw first-round pick from him in the upcoming draft. So that might be the only reason why I'm leaning towards him um, being a first-round pick is because of the mock drafts. But also, you talk about that confidence. I want everybody at Ohio State to believe in themselves. Not just me personally, selfishly, the guy that covers the team for the Lockdown Podcast Network. I want them to believe in themselves. And so I like that he believes in himself. I like that he has that internal confidence about himself because you need that. Like, if, if I'm somebody here and I'm about to get drafted, and somebody asks me a question about, like, drafts, where am I going to draft, or something about my own confidence, and I'm kind of like, tiptoeing around the question and uh, not really showing the confidence that I should have in myself and uh, being kind of passive and uh, not showing the confidence in myself that I should be showing, that team might not want me on, might not want to draft me or sign me post-draft because I don't even believe in myself. And so I like that he believes in himself, and I think he should say he believes he's going to be a first-rounder because, honestly, that's what you want him to believe. I still think second round probably at worst, beginning of the third round is where DeJuan Jones will fall at the end of April. That other offensive lineman that the Ohio State Buckeyes had, Paris Johnson Jr., we all know that he's going to be a first-rounder, but what did you think about his performance and where he going to go? This is an event for a guy like him, and I say it about guys like Stratton and Jigba. You're wearing shorts, you're wearing a T-shirt. Your footwork better be impeccable. You better, you better be <laughs> a guy who's out there uh, showing exactly what you saw in film Footwork-wise, agility-wise, I saw one drill. Um, it was a pass-pro drill, but it was um, right foot back. And it quickly switched to the left foot back. It quickly switched to the right foot back, and then back to the left. And I'm sitting here like, bro, you're 6'6", 300-plus, and you're moving too well to be that big. I mean, that's how <laughs> I view him. And so um, I keep seeing mocked um, for him, number 11 to the Titans. And I would not be shocked because of the way he, he performs in these events. I would not be shocked if he goes top 10 because these events are made for an athlete of that size like himself. Um, I know Raiders fans would love to have him. I know they would. I'm not sure if it's going to happen, but uh, if they were lucky enough to have them, um, <laughs> you got a good one, man. You got a real good one. C.J. Stroud, man, he all of his throws looked incredible today. And there's even a little video of him and now quarterback's coach for the Panthers, Josh McCown. It says, hey, man, when you come to Charlotte, you know, maybe they'll get a <laughs> game of basketball in. Do you think that he's already solidified that number one pick? No, 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 no. I, I was on <laughs> – somebody give me a little insight. I was on Locked on Panthers. That show's coming out a little bit later. Um, I think this evening uh, on the East Coast, and you know, for sure all day on the audio side – tomorrow, and uh, um, I was talking about how with C.J. Stroud, the 707 quarterback, you can't, you, you can't rush him. Um, he's going to pick you apart. Yeah, number one overall pick overall because he is that good. He calls himself a ball placement specialist, and he is, one, putting the ball where it needs to be all the time, but his accuracy is absurd. But let's remember, this is T-shirts and shorts. There's no pass uh-huh. rush. Speak on there it. are only 11 guys on both sides of the ball. And so when it comes to Stroud, if it was number one overall pick, it's 707. No, because it's real football. And real football is where Stroud excels in some areas, but he also has some weaknesses, which are wide to many people, including myself. Bryce Young is the better pick at number one overall, the safer pick. And I do think Bryce Young is a guy who the Panthers should take number one overall. However, 
I don't know if that's what's going to happen. Wow. I'm actually, uh, yeah, I'm surprised that you said that. I thought there was no doubt, especially even after the combine, man. I saw him throw the rock at the combine, and I thought, oh, that's a done deal. I, I left the combine thinking, C.J. Stroud's my number one quarterback, but you got a little bit of pushback right there, so he's the number two quarterback in your mind? Yes, sir. Like I said, I can't erase, and I cannot forget the games that Stroud has started over the past two years. He missed one start in 2021 due to an injury, came back, and he seemed like he got the better grasp of the football. I can't erase the game film. Georgia, Michigan, twice. Um, Georgia was phenomenal, but that was a different Stroud than what we have seen previously with him start. I don't want to get wrapped up and caught into the underwear Olympics or the pro days and say, oh, this is why he's moving up on boards. This is why he's the number one pick, because that is not what's going to happen any given Sunday for Stroud. Because you got to put the shoulder pads on, put the pants on, put his cleats on, put his helmet on, go out there and play football. And it ain't like the pro day or the combine where it's just everybody's out there watching you. You know, you got a full stadium, sold out, wild fans, uh, hostile environments, and you got to go out there and remember um, what your cues are, who your first, who's your, who your hot read is, and understand all this stuff. And Stroud is good in those moments. There were times also in the season when the pads were on that he was not as confident and comfortable and as smooth in the pocket as you'll want the number one overall prospect, even um, quarterback, to be in the upcoming draft. Wow. Hey, look, I ain't mad at you, man. That's why we bring you on. We want the truth. We want the truth, Sarah, man. I, I like it. And that's why we bring you on. Jay Stevens, host of Locked On Buckeyes, at JStevens07 on Twitter. Bringing the heat right here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Necessary Roughness. Well, as we close out, let's close out with this. Marvin Harrison Jr., he was out there catching passes from C.J. Stroud. He's not available this year. How cool was it for him to have all those eyeballs, all those scouts on him as he was catching passes from C.J.? It's an amazing thing, man. I, I keep marveling. We go back to the beginning of this conversation. Just the opportunity that he has to not be a player who is draft eligible, cannot go into the draft right now, but to be up there catching passes from a guy who was your college quarterback, who was going to be a probably a top five pick, at worst top ten pick in this upcoming draft, and ultimately be able to get in, the, get in front of all of these NFL coaches a year early. It's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. So for Marvin Harrison Jr., who I do believe, if he progresses and he gets better and he develops in a way that I believe he will, he will win the Blitnikoff Award in the upcoming season. Barring, of course, if he stays healthy, doesn't get hurt, don't, right. I don't want any injuries, but they happen. Um, if he stays healthy, develops like I think he will, he'll be the best receiver, not just in stats and production on the football field in the fall in college, but also he'll win the award for being the best receiver in college football. And I do think next year, this time, we'll be talking about him being a potential top 10 pick. For sure it's a first-round pick, but maybe a top 10 pick because of what he's done at Ohio State. Catch the moment, see the dance, and what I've been saying a lot of Buckeyes for a long time. And I believe, I truly believe, this young man, Robert Harrison Jr., did that at Ohio State's Pro Day on Wednesday. Capture the moment, seize the moment, capture the – what was that again? Say it again, throw it again, capture the what? Capture the moment, seize the day. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> hey, man, if I'm going to quote you, I want to make sure I quote you right. Capture the moment, <laughs> seize the day. <laughs> Jay Stevens, Locked On Buckeyes. What do you got coming out on the show we should be on the lookout for? We got a little Buckeye Pro Day recap coming up and uh, on Friday doing a little, little recruiting. I might throw a little basketball in as well. Okay. The Buckeyes are not playing any postseason tournament. But there's a young man out of Indiana. I watched him play last weekend a couple times. 
This he's he's six foot nine, six ten. Q, this guy is shooting eighty percent from the field. Wow! I never. I, I, it's, it's unseen. He's a force on defense, and I'm going to see him play this weekend in the state championship. He's out of Kokomo, Indiana, Floyd Badunga, and uh, I, I might throw basketball in there because if Chris Holtman, the Ohio State basketball coach, wants to have a better season than he had this year, recruiting needs to be uh, something that needs to change drastically. And if he's able to get this kid, who's a top five. Uh, he's number like the top five kid in his uh, in his class, uh, high school class. It'd be great. So not really a basketball time for the Buckeyes, but I might throw it in there um, just because I'm seeing him play with my own two eyes. And this kid, if he develops like I think he will, he's going to be the real deal. And uh, Chris Holman might want to take some trips to Indiana to get this young man because uh, he's good. But mainly football stuff, a little recruiting, but. I mean, I'm a Hoosier at heart. I'm from Indiana. You got to throw basketball in there every now and then. I got that. I ain't mad at you, man. Jay, thanks so much, man. Great stuff. We appreciate you. Have fun, and we'll talk soon. Yes, sir. You appreciate it. Yes, sir. Jay Stevens right there. Fantastic. Go ahead and give that young man a round of applause. He brought the heat. Even even C.J. Stroud not letting him have the number one spot just that easy. Okay. I had, a, I had anointed him the guy. Apparently he's not. Jay Stevens, Locked On Buckeyes, at Jay Stevens 07 on Twitter. 351's the time. We'll come back, uh, close out hour number two. It's Rare Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Coming up at the top of the hour, Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports, on Twitter at Paloma Fox 5 News now. She'll join the show to talk about UNLV, talk about how she got a new Twitter account, all that good stuff. Got some great feedback and definitely appreciate that conversation we just had with Jay Stevens from Locked On Buckeyes talking all things Ohio State and their pro day that they had today that was highly attended by many across the NFL. Mailman Raider threw this question out there, Damon. I think this is a really good one. We've been talking about grades on, on players and who you're going to get. Which one would you prefer? This is a good one. Yo, Q. If Carter's the number one prospect and Gonzalez is the number two on Zig's board, if you're the GM, are you taking Gonzalez because of Carter's legal situation and his pro day? That is the question that Mailman Raider said. Again, if Carter's the number one prospect and Gonzalez is the number two on Zig's board, if you're the GM, are you taking Gonzalez because of Carter's legal situation and pro day? And I'll tell you this, Mailman Raider. One, I'm glad I don't have to make that decision because that's a very tough one. Because, again, I think that they should take the number one guy. Whoever the number one guy is, they should take. On the defensive side, that's the thing I've been talking about for the last two hours. I <laughs> always say scared money don't make money. I'm scared money, right? And I might pass. Like Robin Oakland said, don't pass on a future Hall of Famer. I might pass on a Hall of Fa- um, future Hall of Famer. I probably would because of the, the optics. And I'm just saying that's me as a person. With, with, with my conscience, I'd be like, I, 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 you know, real life matters outside of football. That, and that's what I truly believe. So that would be a very difficult decision for me to make. I would pass on the young man because of the issues at the pro day and, of course, everything going on off the field. I just think that that would be a bad message to send to Vegas. But that's just me. That's not the front office. That's just Q Meyer speaking. So I, that, that would be my answer. But, again, scare money don't make money, and I am definitely scared money. What's your thoughts? Oh, I would definitely. I would take them. Because and for me. And that's your call. It, it's all about, for me, it's, hey, Land a second chances. Okay. He deserves a second chance because I don't think that every team should penalize him because somebody's going to draft him. And not so much as, hey, you don't want to miss out on a Hall of Fame player if he has that Hall of Fame career. But it's just for me, I don't think that it should haunt him. And it, I know, what as Adam said before, like the community. Yeah. But for him, Jalen right. Carter. Right. He and has, I agree. He has no bearings on what happened in Vegas no. a few years no, ago. No, not at all. It's not, not his fault. 
Yeah, not his be- fault at all. And I, I agree with you wholeheartedly that everyone gets second chances. We've all gotten second, third, fourth, a thousand chances. We've all made a million mistakes. I know I have. I know you have. I know everyone's made millions of mistakes. But again, my scary self, I'd be scared. I'd be scared to pull the trigger on that. But that's just me admitting that that's me. I would. You, you didn't have a problem with that. And that's fine. I, I wouldn't hold it against you. I just couldn't have the stones to do it. And that's on me. Who we got up? Dexter in Oakland. Dexter, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, what's going on? Uh, just to piggyback off that, I will at least do my due diligence and just see if you can, uh, you know, see if she can, you think he's missing enough strong to kind of bounce back from what he's went through. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't write the kid off either because this tape is ridiculous. Right. And I can't believe people are like, you know, kind of talking down on him because he didn't do well in a workout in shorts. Like, that don't got nothing to do with the field, being in shorts and, and tights. But nonetheless, um, I agree with everything you've been saying about drafting the best defensive player available because you got so many holes. I don't know how anybody can disagree with that. My main thing is, over the past few years, I don't want to hear at number seven, the Raiders draft Jimmy Dean from Sausage University. Right. You got to Google and see who that is. <laughs> right. Yes. Don't, don't take those swing on somebody we don't know about and you want to be the smartest one in the room, take – the, the the best player at that position, unless Anthony Richardson or somehow uh, Stroud falls, which I know it won't happen, but you never know. Right. But other than that, yeah, take the best defender. Hey, great call. There goes Dexter out of Oakland. And, yeah, that's the thing. And you're right. You would have to at least do your due diligence. And I, I hear Vinny saying that in the morning, and Vinny and Heidi and Clay, they always have a good conversation about Jalen Carter. Uh, sometimes it gets a little heated, and I understand why. But, yeah, you have to at least do your due diligence. There's no doubt about that. And I'm sure the Raiders and the rest of the league are. Because, look, make no mistake about it. However you feel about the situation, take all personal feelings out. Again, like I said, I'm scary. Uh, but I'm scary for personal reasons, right? And, and, and that's just me. And I have the right to my own personal feelings, just like DeMond has the right to his own personal feelings. I'm that that's my call. But for them, I I guarantee they're doing their due diligence. And that's the very least you, you can't write just everyone off after every mistake that someone makes. Like, okay, well, he's just written off. You can't do that. That's not right to anybody. But again, for me, I'm just too scary from personal experiences why I can't pull the trigger there. 357 is the time. We do appreciate you, Dexter. Coming up next, Paloma Villacana. She'll kick off hour number three. It's Red Nation Radio 920.